Whatever, we'll find Have out. It. Fight monster film. Dead faces. How y'all like Boom, that? Boom, boom, Dead Pegasus. Dead Pegasus. You killed the Pearl Lemon white first. Oh, red now. Hello, Game Explorers. I'm your host, Celeste Angelis. Here with... Evan. Ed. And Mikey G. The world of board games is incredibly huge and growing by the minute. We review three games a week. Some you'll want to dig up for yourself and some should stay buried. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up, we press our luck in a mad gleeful scramble for the gold in the dungeons of Takara Island. Next, we level up to the darker, deadlier dungeons of Thunderstone. And lastly, we take a break from all that dungeon crawling to relax and recenter with Chakra. All right, guys, listen up. We are excited about having more ways for you to talk with us. We have Twitch, Discord, Twitter, Instagram. We are on YouTube at our YouTube channel. And you can leave your feedback in the comments below as well. And if you want more content from our show, just go to our website and click on Become a Supporter Today, and you can get our exclusive patron-only podcast. Bonus points pointing at you. <sighs> Thanks so much for listening, guys. On to the first game. Let's talk about the board game Takara Island, designed by Sayaka Amioka and Takahiro Amioka. Number of players, 2 to 6, ages 8 and up, playtime, 45 minutes. Mike, tell us what's in the box. The box cover shows three unorthodox, steampunkish adventurers drooling for treasure and looming large over a mysterious, yawning cave that seems poised to swallow them whole. Inside, you'll find a board, four player placards, 54 game tiles that make up this crazy, scary cave, eight chest <laughs> tiles, four specialist tiles, a sword rental tile, we'll see about that later, and 24 <laughs> additional tiles, including adventurers, explorers, and experience points. You've also got 39 Kara coins of various values, and a fighting die that could bring victory or send you to the hospital. <laughs> and that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if you should sail to this island, Evan, give us a quick overview of how it's played. In Takara Island, the players are adventurers rushing to the island, enticed by the legend of the powerful stones that can grant eternal life. Who doesn't want that? There are six piles of nine tiles each. Tiles can be anything from dirt to hard stone, monsters, or treasure. And of course, a pile may contain one of two legendary stones. That's what mm -hmm. we're going after here. Each player begins with two workers. You're allowed one action per worker. Look at the top of the tiles, dig one tile, employ a new worker, fight a monster, and obtain specialty cards. You can do any one of those with any one of your workers. The game ends when both stones, both of those legendary stones, have been found or four of the six piles have been depleted. A player that finds both of the Stones of Legend is embraced by eternal life and wins the game, living forever. <laughs> Otherwise, the player with the most experience combined with money turns out to be the winner. Yeah, like Evan. <laughs> oh, well, I, I didn't get the epic win, though. <laughs> Felt pretty epic to me. 
<laughs> All right. Well, we play this game on Board Game Arena. You can see us play it on Board Game Arena. We It should be on our YouTube channel uh, by now, mm-hmm. uh, or you might even be able to still catch it up on Twitch. And, uh, you know, this game, it had a steampunk theme, uh, I think, right? Sort Ish? of. Steampunk-ish <laughs> yeah. theme. Yeah. Uh, it kind of showed up in the game. Um, I loved the art. Mm-hmm. Loved the art on the cover. I like the art in the game. Very nice looking. What do you guys think? I thought the art was uh, well done. And it is thematic in the sense you can see that people are exploring. There's cave-ins and there's monsters to be fighting and treasure. <laughs> it definitely said all that. All and, the bases. And a hospital set up near the dungeon. How convenient. That is convenient. Oh, we need more of we need more of those in all our games. <laughs> and the hospital was conveniently located right next to the tavern. <laughs> yep, right. Right, right. Get beat up, go to the hospital, get fixed, go to the tavern, drown your sorrows, go back to the dungeon. <laughs> yeah. And of course, right next to all of this is the sword rental place, because that's where you go. You have to go and rent your sword for the day, and they have to bring it back. Yeah, what the heck yeah. happens to that sword? Like, what? <laughs> Is it going to be like Blockbuster where I just end up getting tons of fees because I never bring the sword back on time? <laughs> you got to bring it back. They only have one. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. One sword for the entire community to share. <laughs> All right. So we know in some games that there's a turn order advantage uh, where first player has sort of an advantage over stuff, usually in older mm-hmm. games like Monopoly where they didn't really think about that stuff. Mm-hmm. very often what did you think this one kind of swings almost the other way like going later is better because you get to see what other fools did and messed up within the dungeon and prepare better for it <laughs> and then there's also the factor that the deeper you go in the dungeon the more valuable stuff is so let other people clear that crap out of the way for you and then get it yourself yeah because each of the stacks of cards those six stacks that i was describing earlier with nine cards each the first three cards of each stack are level tier one cards the next three are tier two and the last three are tier three more dangerous and valuable things occur at the lower level so mike is right when you let the other players do the digging and scraping on those first levels when it comes your turn or later in your turn yeah you can go get the second or third levels yeah, i felt like i was always setting up evan because like everybody else would <laughs> dig true. and i would dig like maybe a level <laughs> two thing and then evan said thank you very much i'm just gonna get all the level three juiciness and i i didn't get a chance to get a level three <laughs> tile until like the very last turn Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that stuck in your craw. It definitely did. Yeah, I think that speaks to the randomness of it, uh, you know, yeah, and the pacing, right? A little bit. So mm-hmm. what did you guys think of the pacing and the worker placement part of this game? It ramped up fast. <laughs> it ramped yeah. up really fast. It, the, the, the worker placement bit to me was um, a bit on the light side because you get to do all your actions at once. So it's not like you're blocking action per se. Um, you're just selecting two actions or eventually three actions that you're going to do on your turn. Mm-hmm. And in, and that doesn't really impact the other players except maybe hiring one of their specialists. And what about the fact that you get a third worker, right? Oh, yeah. At Later in the game, you have an opportunity to buy a third worker. And what we mean by worker placement is your guys, the things, the people that you're moving around. As far as I can tell, if you're not getting that third worker as soon as you can, you ain't winning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that really is one of the first things you want to unlock is that third worker. You're especially going to need it if you're going to be fighting those monsters in the dungeon. Because here's how it works. 
if you have more workers to send in, you have more workers to go and fight that particular monster. Let's say I send my first guy in. He's renting the sword. He's attacking the monster. He does a little damage, but oh, he went, he went down. He had to go to the hospital. I can send my second worker in to finish the job, if he can, with the same rented sword to try to finish the monster. But if I have that third guy, in case my second guy fails, you're almost guaranteed to get that monster. So it's basically extra turns. 50% more turns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's huge. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of worker placement 101. Get your extra dudes first so you can do more actions yeah. overall through the course of the game. Uh... You know, I liked the specialists, but before I expand on that, what do you guys think? Specialists are are what? They're not exactly workers. They're basically special powers you can buy. To give to your workers. Well, it's like gives you an, an ability you would not have that you can activate during your turn. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a guy you hire for one turn to like, for an, as an example, peek through the dungeon safely. <laughs> You're like, oh, here's the next five cards that are going to come up. I know what I'm dealing with here. Yeah. I I liked them. It was a fun little ad. I kind of wish this game <laughs> added more things, you know? Why does it have a steampunk theme and the only weapon you can borrow is a sword? Yeah. Like, why can't I borrow, like, an, an electric steam sword or, steam you know? Steam shovel. Yeah, a steam <laughs> shovel or something. Some yeah, other kind of look like your anime sword, like a giant like, two foot something. sword. Oh yeah, the huge anime sword, is six feet tall and three feet wide. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of made me think that the theme. Not only was it a little light, it could have it could have added a lot of strategy to the game. If you had different weapons that did different things, it would have made the choices better than just how about this die, guys? A random die roll of sword or hospital. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, yep. When you roll swords, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It gives room for expansions. I mean, maybe, uh, you know, write them in. Say, hey, guys, I loved your mm-hmm. game. Maybe add some cool steampunk tools to the mix. Stuff you can have permanent, like a sword that helps you re-roll one of your, your first hospital roll or something. I don't know. Well, any number yeah. of things could be added in. Something that reminds us that we are playing a steampunk theme right. <laughs> game because I don't know that there was really all that yeah, much other than the pictures of that during yeah. the game. Yeah, right. other than the other than the box covers and a few pictures. Yeah, yeah. the hospital is brutal. Oh yeah. Not only does your guy go to the hospital, it stays there and you don't get to use him next turn unless you pay two dollars to get him back early. Mm-hmm. And then you get him back for free the turn after that. You lose one of your guys when the max you could have is three. You lose one of them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have one action versus somebody else who's getting three. And as Ed said, or Evan, you said that the amount you can do is so much more when you have three. Mm. You know, it's like. Absolutely. For example, if I beat up a a monster, but don't take him all the way down to his zero hit points. Ed can mm-hmm. just stroll right in. <laughs> and in this case, Ed never got to stroll in. It was always like Evan or Mike. <laughs> yep. yeah. Stroll right in and kill the guy with one hit point left. And that right. was it. Mm-hmm. You know, so having three guys is three or more chances to beat whatever's going to come in that card. And then they're straight up treasure cards. It piles on the pain a little bit when you go to the hospital because you've lost the battle and you don't have that extra money to buy your dude out of the hospital with. Right, because you <laughs> didn't get the reward. Right. And if you fail three times in a row, like have three dies and you that have to roll hospital, 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 <laughs> that means next turn you have no action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you pay money. Yeah, let me throw salt on that <laughs> wound. 
you had to rent that sword for three coins, <laughs> which early in the game is like Huge. all your money. It is. Basically, so you spent all your money to send your guys into the dungeon to fight the monster so they could end up in the hospital and you lose your next turn, basically. Right. It's, it's a gamble. Yeah. It's a serious gamble going down there. And you can't even plan for it because you have no idea. Like, there's so little planning because of the cards just flip randomly. You can mm-hmm. plan a little bit because you can spend one of your actions to look at the next three tiles and they could affect you yes. even when you're just looking at them. But sure, those actions sure, are precious. Sure. I feel like just rolling that dice is better. I think it's one of those games where it might actually play better with fewer players. Because if I were to go look at the next three tiles, and I spent my action to do that, and then I got three other players now going, oh, I'd look those piles, uh, so let me just go down there. I mean, and, yeah. and now three other players have taken their actions, that's nine other actions, <laughs> before yep. you get to go again. Yep, that's what happened to you. yes ed speaking from experience (laughs) (laughs) all of this on top of the fact that you can just flip a treasure box and then just win the game by just no monsters at all just keep flipping treasure boxes like evan Mm -hmm. did so all the (laughs) best planning you could still end up losing the game Are you saying there's an aspect of luck to this game celeste (laughs) is that what you're hinting at on the flip side i absolutely loved watching anybody flip a card I ended up cheering when you lost, when my opponents won. I was cheering everything. So I did enjoy the game. I was kind of cheering just to get people to roll again because you can stop. You know, you can like, all right, that's enough. I'm going to stop and not press my luck. But I'm like, I wanted to see more. Plus, I wanted to see him fail. So it was like a double cheer. I, I only d- I did no exploring per se. I didn't use any specialty workers to go discovering or use my regular workers to just look at the top three cards. I just went there and dug, <laughs> dug, dug. Whatever I got, I got. I happened to get a lot of treasure. <laughs> Might I suggest that as a very strong strategy for anybody else in the future? <laughs> Evan <laughs> dig, crushed. Dig, dig. <laughs> yeah. Get your third guy and dig, dig, dig. <laughs> and hope for the best. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Takara Island. Ed? The art in the game is nice to look at, and it was fun to play. I felt the luck of the draw and the dice had a stronger impact on the game than any decisions I might have made during (laughs) the process. So while I'll play again if somebody else brought this up to the table, but for my collection, I'm going to have to bury it a little bit. Mm. Mike? I live in a weird space between hating too much randomness and loving to press my luck. (laughs) Takara Island gave unapologetically both of those things to me to decide between, and I decide that I love this game. So I'll say dig it up. Evan? Yeah, I had a fun time playing Takara Island. Despite the significant luck factor, there's still enough decision-making to make your own luck. Dig it up from the (laughs) cave-ins. Well, the randomness of gameplay in this case, I have to say, made it better. Would it make it better if you're ready for a strategy game? Maybe not. But I'm digging it up. I had a good time. (laughs) Well, guys, did you think Takara Island was too random, not random enough, or just right? Let us know in our comments. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Okay, guys, let's talk about Thunderstone. It's designed by Mike Elliott, published by Alderac Entertainment Group in 2009. Number of players, one to five, ages 12 and up. Playtime, 60 minutes. Mike, 
Tell us what's in the box. On this box, you find yourself staring into the mouth of a mysterious dungeon, a green mist oozing out just beyond the entrance. Frightening, ghostly enemies wait impatiently to smash your face in. <laughs> Inside the box, there are 530 cards. Boom! Better count them. <laughs> 530. Uh, there's a Thunderstone card, five quick reference cards, 32 experience point cards, 80 monsters, 38 randomizers to determine what you'll have available to buy in your village, and 374 cards to buy your deck, including spells, heroes, weapons, starter gear, and better food. There's also 50 divider cards. Not sure what those are exactly, but I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's in the box. Before we find out if this game was, in fact, lightning in a bottle, let's talk about the rules. Evan? Yes, Celeste. In Thunderstone, players must delve into the dungeons of Grimhold to find the legendary Thunderstone and keep it out of the hands of the vile Doom Knights and their minions. I think that's what Mike was describing <laughs> on the box. Sounds mm -hmm. like it. Before the game starts, a selection of village and hero cards will be randomly chosen for players to add to their personal decks. Yep, it's a deck building game. Mm -hmm. Every player starts with a basic deck of weaker cards that they can use to purchase more powerful cards. These mm -hmm. cards may be different heroes such as mages, archers, thieves, or warriors. Or they can be supplies the heroes are going to need like weapons or rations or light. You need light to see mm -hmm. deeper into the dungeon. Players will use the deck to defeat monsters in the dungeon. And a dungeon deck is created by combining different groups of monsters from which a row of cards is laid out. On their turn, a player may choose to go into the dungeon to attack a monster, or they can visit the town to buy cards, recruit heroes, to just rest, or remove, which removes a card basically from their hand. Uh, fillers, right? What do we call them? Oh, backseat drivers. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the weaker cards. You can eliminate some of the weaker cards from your starting from your starting deck. Players will earn victory points and experience points by defeating monsters. Experience points can be used in town to level up their heroes to more powerful versions. Very important. The game ends when the Thunderstone has been recovered from the dungeon and the player with the most victory points in their deck is the winner. We played this game on yukata.de. Yeah. Yeah, yukata. Is my personal favorite interface. <laughs> <laughs> the least forgiving of all platforms. Well, mm -hmm. it is this game looked pretty good for yukata, yeah. which is mm -hmm. a very bare bones uh programming site. So, I loved the cards that got flipped. I loved the way everything looked. It was nice. The placement was nice on the screen. Your dungeon was up here, out of your way. Shopping in the town were over here. Your cards were below. It was all nice, and the rules locking was super helpful. What did you guys think of the art in this game? I think the art in uh, Yukata was representative of what we got in the game. And I think it did scratch that fantasy itch. It looked like decent fantasy art. Um, I think. The cards could be better now. They have, no, the game came out in 2009. I think the art has improved since then. Our standards have gone up a little bit. Mm. But at that time, I thought it was good. That's a good point. Yeah, it is, it is a little bit old-fashioned, like early magic cards or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it sticks to the theme. It's dark and spooky looking and stuff. And some of the creatures look terrifying. Yeah. It fits the bill. 
<laughs> yeah, I certainly knew what was going on. No ambiguity, right? Mm-hmm. It was very understandable what everything was, and the art represented the cards that we were buying or or getting in our deck and all that stuff. Um, what did There's you think about the setup? There's two places have a bunch of randomness. One is setting up the village, which is where you can buy stuff. And then the other one is the dunding itself. And both of those things impact what you want to do for your game. Yeah, for sure. And you were saying it's like a clone of Dominion. Well, yeah, it's definitely your, your Dominion-style deck-building game. It's become uh, a genre in and of itself to be a Dominion-style game. And this is definitely that. The the new gimmick that this game brings is the dungeon, where like in Dominion, you're buying your cards and then you're trying to build, now buy a villa or, you know, in a province or whatever and put nodes in your deck. And that's how you got your victory points. Here, to get your victory points, you must go into the dungeon and defeat monsters and get victory points <laughs> and experience points because you know what you do with experience points. <laughs> you level up. And I think that helped bring the theme in. <laughs> Ed's really feeling this one. <laughs> I think he nailed it on the head, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the variety is part of the awesomeness of this game, too. One day you're battling harpies and stuff, and the next next time you play it, maybe it's oozes and stuff. So, you know, you have to play it differently every time. Plus, all that variety you get in the village, too, of different mm-hmm. strategies you want to take against them is awesome. I, I think the theme heavily informed play. I loved all those aspects of it, and it did feel like I was doing different things, just mm-hmm. like in an RPG, mm-hmm. and uh, changing it up all the time. And like an RPG, I was really trying to plan for the mm-hmm. next big monster. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I am not ready for that dungeon. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, how can I make sure that I'm going to be prepared and go in there to defeat that monster? I want right. that win. I want those experience points for that big monster. So it was a lot of fun shopping for the monster. Specifically for the monsters we saw. Because we already knew. It's like a reporter or the rumors in town (laughs) or something. We knew what was in the dungeon, right? It's whispers in the tavern, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So we knew what we were coming up against. So we were like, oh, I need to get a magic sword for that or, Mm -hmm. you know, this kind of potion. So then I'm going in. Yeah. Right, because I need magic to hit that guy. That was part of my <laughs> flaw in my approach to the game because I was with Celeste. I'm like, okay, I want to gear up correctly to go fight those monsters. I never felt like I geared up enough. <laughs> I wanted to have a de- definitive, decisive win, and I just never seemed to have all the right things that I needed. So I never felt that confidence of going and fighting. I am killing... Slag. Murdering. Feeling me softly. Slag, slag, slag. The Lord of Death. death. Okay. Ooh, two diseases. Death. Lord of Death. <laughs> Lord of Death. Can can you take this? Oh, magic attack only. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say. I'm not sure you have the juice. I ain't gonna cut it. I ain't gonna cut it, son. I tried to prepare ahead of time by getting flaming swords, which do magical damage and provide light. But unfortunately, a lot of my guys weren't strong enough to lift them. <laughs> that's right? right. I remember. That's right. You had to be tough enough to use the particular type of weapon. Yep. Yeah. That's great. That's a great little aspect. And there yeah. were monsters in there that weakened you. So it's like, yeah, my guy. Oh, <laughs> oh no. he drops the weakness sword. spell. That doomed. <laughs> they can't even pick up a dagger anymore. Mm-hmm. Boo hoo. 
I thought it was really well balanced for all that stuff. You know, I, agree, it, yeah. it, I think as experienced role players that we are, it might have been a little easier for us because we were familiar with all those parts of ga- of of dungeon crawling, which is mm-hmm. can we carry the weapon? Is it appropriate for our class and our our actual strength rating? Yep. And also, what else? What are the bonuses? The tricks we can use? What else can we do to sort of make ourselves win? So it felt it felt perfectly balanced that way, though. I was thinking about, uh, when you said that, Celeste, I was thinking about uh, oozes and stuff, too, being prepared. Oh, does it take fire damage? Like, do you need magic to kill it? Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Immune to weapons. Oh, no. Immune to weapons. That's right. That was a bad one. (laughs) Oh, boy. It sounds complex, but it's actually really well balanced. And Mm -hmm. there's not that much to keep track of. It's very clear what you need, which is great. There is one area where people commonly got mixed up, and that was the light mechanic. Because each monster was further into the darkness. And you need to bring light in order to see what's going on. Otherwise, you got a penalty. And that mechanic can screw up a few players. Yeah. Light and weight. This is why I never play a human, right? Because they always need a torch. Half-orcs, elves, they can see in the dark. Just play a character that can see in the dark. I mean, a torch comes in your starter pack, but it's a crappy light source because it uses up one of the cards in your hand just to give you one point of light. So you want to get other stuff that gives Mm -hmm. either more light or does light in something else. Well, that's why you like your flaming sword. Not only can I hit the monster with it, it lights it up for you. Mm Mm-hmm. This is why the shopping was so interesting. Yeah. Mike, how many cards are in the deck again? They said there was 500. No, yeah. No, 357 just to shop for. Just to shop. Okay, let's talk about that for a second, because Uh what you need to do, and you were talking also before, Ed, about experience points and upgrading your characters, Mm because you start with, you know, you got your starter hands, your basic, basic workers, uh, but you need, you got to upgrade them. And if you want to do more important things later on in the game, well, there's a limit, though. (laughs) You have to level up from basically level zero to level one, and then level one to level two. If you're looking for a a particular type of hero to level up to, but the other players have all taken that level one, say, fighter, and I go, (laughs) oh, I finally want my level one fighter. What? There's no more level one fighter cards left in this 500,000 card (laughs) game? I can't do anything with a fighter now? I'm done? Yes, that is true. Well, until somebody puts it back. Until they're right, or until you're right, you're at the mercy of other people or coming or coming back in the game. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that you know you can't delay too much because you'll miss your opportunity to to do those kinds of level ups. That is one of the ways the players interact with each other. You're mostly doing your own thing to a degree, but other players, it's a shared resource. The village. So if everybody bites up that awesome. Uh, flaming sword. Mm-hmm. Well, that's less flaming sword for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true story. Everybody hired all the good <laughs> fighters in town. I guess you have to go hire the lame wizard. Celeste went on a <laughs> recruiting spree and got all my cool warriors, yes. like second level guys, out from underneath me. And they uh, they have less and less of them as they go up in level mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. It absolutely helped me win the game, getting that bigger fighter earlier. The mm-hmm. the earlier you can level up, duh. The, be- the faster you're going to get through the dungeons. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> yep. uh, so, you know, I heard, I know there's different versions of this game or there are new versions coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are. The, um, this game came out in 2009. In 2012, there was Thunderstone Advance, mm-hmm. which, no, 
added a, a they kind of cleaned up the rules interface. They they added a, a few new tweaks to the way the game played so to, to make a better Valent village so that you could always make sure there are weapons available in the store. Because in the basic setup, you just randomly pick, you know, whatever it was, eight things and stick them in the village. And if you didn't get any weapons, well, there's no weapons in the village, yeah? And now yeah. this one makes sure there's at least, you know, a few of the different types available because there were slots that you had to recruit for. And I like the pure rando. I love it. <laughs> you can come up with some cool combos and really good ways to solve your problems when it's fully random. <laughs> and then the latest one is called Thunderstone Quest that came out in 2018. It was a Kickstarter. And now it tells a story that's being revealed as you play. Kind of like Ooh. a campaign game. Like, a, like, like you're, you're reading the book and you set it up and it, it's a story that you're going through. And at the end, you're going to be real, reveal what the next story That's more is. like a legacy game. That sounds legacy game I, to I me. I don't think it has full legacy components. but Where you have to tear up the cards. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it has that. It's not uh, a co-op, right? <laughs> no, it's a co-op. Um, oh, it could know. be. It might be a co-op. That would be I mean, really cool too. You are adventurers trying to, to solve the story, but um, maybe now you're working together, but you still got victory points on bat. So I bet you somebody succeeds better than others. But <laughs> right, you're kind of working a team. But no, I, I really care today. You know, I'm the guy who they write the stories about, not those losers. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to learn more because I haven't played Thunderstone Quest, but I did play. Now I have Thunderstone. It's many expansions. Oh yeah, Thunderstone Advance. And it's many expansions. <laughs> and now it's like Thunderstone Quest. Yeah, I might want to come back and visit that because it sounds neat. It does. It sounds really cool. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Thunderstone. Ed? The classic Thunderstone builds in a familiar and very engaging story and theme to the Dominion-style gameplay. I have dug this up, and I will continue to do this. <laughs> Evan. For me, it was not the most intuitive of deck-building games. There was a lot of iconography, uh, which I think you need to get used to a little bit at the beginning. But once you get rolling, it's, it's okay. Um, I was pleased with how this played online. You, the Yukata engine worked surprisingly, surprisingly well. I'll try it again. Dig it up. Mike. With the massive variety of cards and the wild combos they can create, I am always going to keep coming back to dig up Thunderstone. Yeah, a perfect blend of theme and play. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Dig it up. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Thunderstone, whether you've played it or not. And you can let us know on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Let's talk about Chakra. Designed by Luca Curleza, published by Blam in 2019. Blam. Number of players, two to four, ages eight and up, playtime, 30 relaxing minutes. Mm -hmm. Mikey, tell us what's in the box. <sighs> the cover of this box immediately sets you at ease with the calming image of a fae-like girl with flower petals for hair and a soft smile on her face. Her eyes are closed in a carefree concentration as she floats three crystals above her hand. Inside the box, you'll find a common lotus board 
four individual player boards, and 96 energy crystals. Nice and simple. And that's what's in the box. Ah, Evan, I am now prepared to hear your rules. <laughs> in chakra. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? I did. You chakra us. <laughs> it's not S-H-O-C-K. It's yeah. C-H. <laughs> in chakra, each player has a board that shows the seven chakras they must fill with gems that represent the energy flowing into their body. To score points, a player must harmonize each of their chakras in the best possible way. And to do so, they must take the gems and place three of them of the corresponding color in each of the chakras. On each turn, player chooses one of three actions. Take up to three gems, spend one token to use, we'll talk about that later, or meditate to reclaim any tokens that you've, that you've already spent. The game ends when a player has aligned five of their chakras and players had an equal number of turns. So, last licks is basically what they're saying. The player with the most harmony wins the game and is one with the universe. <laughs> the third eye opens. <laughs> well, the look of this game is bright and lovely. What did you guys think? Beautiful. That was the word to describe it, I think. Beautiful looking, beautiful looking game. And I think Yukata did a good job at like actually capturing the look of this game too. Yeah. That's why we played it. We did. We played on Yukata.de. It really did a good job with the game. I liked the movement of it in the game. And also in this particular Yukata program, the game board actually did expand. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is very rare for Yukata. Yeah, so you could actually get it zoomed in. So you mean, Celeste, when we went to full screen, it didn't just give us the background, <laughs> a, a more of the background, bigger background? <laughs> it actually yeah. increased the size of the playing surface? Wow. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it didn't just give us that manila envelope color all so the way deluxe. to the edges of the board. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I know those gems looked like yummy stuff to you, Evan. Mm, yeah, you know, nice colorful little candies. Well, it's a good thing that we played it digitally then because you can't grab it to eat it. Right. Those, they are <laughs> like, considered a choking hazard, I suppose. So small children and myself need to be aware <laughs> of such things. They're very much a choking yeah. hazard. They're, they're, they're little plastic acrylic um, gems. Uh, there is inspiration in this game. And mm -hmm. uh, what did you think about that? The inspiration and the actions that you're taking, how did it play out? It's an interesting action economy because you have to make choices when you're taking each of the actions. You could use some of your inspiration to make those actions better, like where you put the gems. Uh, you can use one of those inspirations to put it closer to where you want to align your chakras. <laughs> and, but you can only have so much inspiration. So if you use too many of these locked up, you're going to have to meditate more often in order to get your limited inspiration back. Yeah, I was spewing inspiration left and right at the beginning. I'm like, ah, I'll go here. I'll move here. I want to move there. I got to move over there. I'm just gonna... And then I'm like, whoa, hold on. I, <laughs> I can't move anymore. What happened? <laughs> yeah, I have no more actions left. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm clearly not aligned properly. Yeah, and, you were in a rush. <laughs> and be careful when you move them because you, if you place all your shockers in movements and you can't align enough colored gems to be all the same color on a chakra, you don't get the chakras back, and then you're stuck. 
So mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it could really slow you down. There is a mechanism to prevent complete sticking, but mm-hmm. still. Oof. Yeah, you can paint yourself into a corner pretty quickly if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. And I did give you one little extra bonus for meditating, though. Ooh. Could you get to see what each chakra is worth when you meditate? You can pick one of them, the pika. Which is essentially victory points. And I think that's one area where, because it's an online game, you didn't have to memorize it. Because normally you'd only get the peek at it and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Now here, the information that you saw is revealed just to you. But I kind of used that information for myself because I'm like, oh, Ed looked at the green one. And now all of a sudden he's trying to buy up all the green mm-hmm. beads that are coming up. So it must have a higher value than the purple one that he's halfway to finishing already. So you mm-hmm. can kind of use other people's play to inform yourself of what to do. You can, sure. because you can't waste time bluffing. You, you would spend no. too much time <laughs> setting up a bluff. That won't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of use the same information where it's like, wow, everybody's filling in the green. I, I better <laughs> yeah. fill that in also because, well, A, I don't want to miss out those points. And plus, since everybody else uh-huh. is doing it, <laughs> might as well be along with the cool kids, right? Evan says I'm a plan A player, which means that I usually just... Uh, hear the rules, develop a plan, and go for broke. I don't <laughs> realign strategies if something's not working. Usually, that's true. I tend to stick with what I can't uh, what, with my plan. But in this case, that's where the chakra learning of the values of the chakra. It was kind of a downer for me. It was a bummer because I was like, "All right, I got purples. I see what I've got. I'm just going to go for the colors that I can best align now." Mm-hmm. And then, oh, the purple's only worth one point at the end of the game. That stinks. Yeah. One out of you know? four. So, like, the, yeah. the range is from one to four. And I also saw, Celeste, that you, like, locked up four of your five inspirations on the side of the board. That's what I meant. Yeah, the inspirations. I, I was yeah. moving all over the place at the beginning, and I locked mm-hmm. in down my inspirations. Yep. Yeah, the only way to free them up is to fill up that color, too. So you're slowly having to fill it up now because you have one action before you got to meditate. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's right. Yeah, if you have more inspirations available, you can use those to manipulate more quickly how you're going to align the energy for each of your chakras. Exactly. And it was just such a... I was so depressed during my meditations. I clearly didn't center myself <laughs> enough because... During the too much sh- negative energy, maybe? Yeah, too much negative energy. I juggle gems in the air three at a time with my eyes closed, nonetheless. My hair is as large as the rest of me. I'm role-playing right now. Are you sure that's role playing? Yes, it is. Oh, and I and I sing this lovely song. The negative energy was interesting. Oh yeah, the there is actually negative energy in the game. Yeah, because the negative energy you have to pick it up if it's in the grouping that you want to get. Like I really want that orange, and there's black in it. You have to take one of those though. But if you manage to filter out of negative energy and moves it all the way down and out of your system, it's extra victory points for you. And mm-hmm. if so if you get a good job of collecting and, and pushing that thing down, you can get a lot of bonus points that way. Yeah. I think I, I managed point. to get like three or four of those things through, and that's like a whole other chakra. I didn't realize that you could. there's two things you can do with them. You can leave them sitting in your negative energy pool, or you can spend them with one of your inspiration actions to turn them into a wild-colored bead to put on back onto your board. I didn't realize that you had to accumulate them to get victory points for them, so I was just making wild cards with them, and I kind of wasted them a little bit. Yeah, and I clearly missed that. Again, a failing of my meditation. <laughs> I definitely missed the black gems could be 
a valuable commodity. I avoided them at all costs. There was another way to also score points in which you had to, what, uh, go in order of filling up the chakras. You earned bonus points as well. Yep. I think think Ed did a good job of that. Mm Mm-hmm. If you filtered them in from the bottom up, whoever managed to do that, um, get an extra two victory points. Bonus points! (laughs) Yeah, the longest chain from the bottom up gets you some points. Which I think is a good idea. It's a good strategy because it's not that much harder getting down to the bottom. Mm. (laughs) It's not (laughs) that much harder. It depends on whether you're not using free action. Because you use a free action to, uh, meaning it doesn't cost you inspiration. You can take gems and put them at the very top. So, and then you have to get them all the way down. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're just buying them and sticking them right next to the bottom, you're right. It's not that hard, but you got to get things there and that locks up inspiration mm-hmm. to do that. Yes, but for example, it is actually easier to go down than up in this game because sure. of the fact that you only have certain types of movement. And there is a three down. There's no three up for oh. a movement option. So yeah, I kind of want to explain the movement, the way it works a little bit. So on the left-hand side of your board, you have these little circles for to where to put your inspiration. And what it does is it has a number of arrows pointing up or down. Um, so it could say three arrows next to each other means you're going to take three different gems and move each one of them down one. But So you have to be careful because sometimes you have the gem where you want it and another junk gem in the same spot and you can't use that inspiration because you'll move the one that's already in the right position out of position. So you have to choose them carefully, and once you put an inspiration on them, you don't get that space freed up again until you meditate. So Mm. that's basically how that works. So planning, lots of planning. Mm -hmm. What did you guys (laughs) think about the uh, player interaction in this game? We're all sitting together. How was it? It's a lot of solitaire in this game. You're Mm. mostly doing stuff for yourself, and that's fine. I think it's intended to be a low-stress game where – you're not necessarily elbowing out everybody. Um, there are a couple places you can interact, though. I mean, we already touched upon the one where getting information from where they are doing. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, everybody else is filling in that color. And then the other place is the gem market. Like, ah, oh, there's that red one I need. What? Mikey, what are you doing? I needed that red for me. <laughs> yeah. A sort of indirect interaction there where you kind of just take something else that somebody wants. And yeah, and there's a limit. Uh, there aren't enough red gems for everyone to fill up their red, their red chakra. I think there is. Oh, is there? I thought there was exactly enough for everybody to fill in their thing. I think there's just enough. Like, because mm-hmm. once you fill the red up, then you don't, you can't take red anymore. Right. Once you're filled, you can't go there. But you can mess with people by taking that fourth one. Before it's filled. Yeah, but do you really have time for that? Not, not really. No. It's not what we're thinking about here. We're thinking about harmony and peace. Right. And love. <laughs> right. Yeah. What kind of jerk thinks about the the way to block other players in a game that's basically about being yeah. harmonious? <laughs> the follow up game will be called Battle Chakra. Yeah, that'll be the head on game. <laughs> they probably could have blended this a little bit more, like Lanterns does, which is mm-hmm. another meditative game mm-hmm. where our chakra boards could have been related to one another. In some way, I mean, it would have something like that could have made yeah. it feel not so lonely. Yeah, I agree. They could have had uh, found some way to make it a little more interactive with the players, but you know, it is about finding peace within yourself. So I kind of understand. <laughs> okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury chakra. Evan, chakra is a very pretty looking game. 
it's rather it's a rather simple resource management game, or it has that feature of moving energy to its ideal resting place. Uh, not a lot of depth, though, to this game. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but this one just didn't hold enough interest for me, so I'll bury it. Ed. Chakra has a very basic concept, but it's very easy to teach and to learn. There are a few strategic choices to explore, but I found a relatively few interactions to make between players. I'll play again if other players want to play. <laughs> but as I meditate on my own feelings with it, I will take this game along with the negative energies and bury it below. That was very flat. Wow. That was, <laughs> that was great, Ed. <laughs> Mike. So... so I didn't hate this game. I actually was going to bury it, but I kind of changed my mind. I think it deserves another play. I know, I know. Everybody's shocked. I usually don't change my mind at the last minute like that. But it, it was interesting. The interactions were minimal, but I think there were enough of them to make it feel like a com nice competitive game while still keeping it real chill. So I'm yeah. going to dig it up for now. Mm. I think those chill players will enjoy this game. Yeah, I think so. For my chill fix, though, I would prefer a game that was a little less lonely feeling. So mm. in my case, I will bury it as a meditative mm. game, but it is a gentle laying in. Yeah, it's more of a resting than a burying. Right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> Let us know in any of our comment areas, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We want to know what you think of Chakra, whether you've played it or not. Ding. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing from you anywhere, any place. Ring that YouTube bell, right, Mike? Ding, ding, ding. Notify. Yeah, notify. Hit us up on Instagram. We definitely want to follow your feed. And if you hit us up, we likely will. <laughs> hit us up on Facebook. Um, Ed is always got his face in there. So do that. Uh, what else? Twitter. Twitter, you, our feed is starting to hop, and Discord. I'm all over that thing now that uh, we're running Roll20 games. Talk and to us. We're so lonely. <laughs> we don't <laughs> like to be lonely. That is that is not what we like. We don't want to be lonely. And if you'd like more from us, you can get our exclusive podcast for patrons only. Actually, <laughs> let everybody know. For patrons yeah. only. Bonus points. <laughs> Bonus points. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> just go to our website click on become a supporter today join our chat like we said on discord and happy gaming explorers happy gaming explorers there will come a day when there are no games to play but it is not this day <laughs> not today <laughs>